Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm telling you, you guys, we have had some wonderful shows. But when I tell you, you picked a great day to tune in, you picked a great day to tune in. Ah, this gentleman that we're about to talk to here on the Olivia Fox podcast. It's someone I've known for years. Uh, he uh, is, it's hard to say what he does because he does so many things. He's a syndicated radio host. He is an internationally known DJ, okay? He's got schools, all right? He works in the community. He's won all types of awards. Please welcome to the Olivia Fox podcast, DJ Quicksilver. What's up, baby? I feel like I got to pay you for that introduction, <laughs> man. How much money are you? Drop your cash app or something. Jeez, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, it was easy because you've done so much. It's easy for it to just roll off the tongue. How you been? I've been blessed and highly favored. Like I said, I, I have been uh, very, very busy these last few years. But uh, this, I'm going to say this last year and a half has been a lot. Um, from reality TV to radio to opening up a new school to still owning my nightclub uh, to my wrestling league. I mean, I have literally 1,000 businesses going on. And it's, it's, it's amazing when you say that because... Um, you know, weekly I, I speak at different schools and uh, I do inspirational speaking for different organizations. And when they always ask me, what do I do? I, I don't know how to answer that. If you ask 10 different people, one person might say, well, that's Quicksilver the DJ. Um, the next person might say, oh, that's Quicksilver the reality TV guy. The next person might say, that's Quicksilver the club owner. Quicksilver the, like, it depends on who you ask. That's Quicksilver the dad, right. the husband. It, it, whoever you ask, if you ask 10 people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. I know he owns that wrestling league. Oh, that's the guy. Oh, like. So it depends who you that's ask. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for all your success. And one thing I can say for as long as I've known you, seen you, uh, the way you operate, you've always been humble, always have Thank been you. down to earth and has always kept it real. And so that has just been consistent across the board and obviously it's still going and uh, you're just being blessed on top of blessing. My question is, because I always like to get to the personal level with all these things going on, being a father, being a husband, how does mm-hmm. Quicksilver keep his mind sane? How do you stay grounded? Uh, if I had a, 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 a penny for every time I can figure out how, how to answer that, um, it's not easy. I think um, because of social media and because when people see on, on my reality TV show or whatever the case, I might make it look easy, but it's not. Right. Um, there, there are days where I am overwhelmed, probably more of those days than the other days. Um, but what I always say is that uh, social media is your highlight reel. A lot of times, you know, when I'm having those down days, when I'm just mentally or physically drained, um, I might not post about it. I might not talk about it on my radio show. I might not talk about it because, unfortunately, you know this because, you know, I I came into business uh, looking up and watching people like you. Unfortunately, when those mics come on, you're not allowed to have a bad day. When when that light comes on or when I'm flown to this country or to this state to perform, I can't get on stage and be like, hey, Olivia, just so you know, I'm really tired of having a really bad day. So I want you guys to bear with me. Okay. Rex. So when the lights come on, you have to perform. Right. Um, but I do have my moments where um, where I feel myself when I'm overwhelmed um, and I'll just try to take a few days off and do nothing. And that's hard to do, especially if you're used to going and going and going. But you have to listen to your your body. You have to listen and and figure out, OK, I got to fall back a little bit and get myself together because you want to be the best that Quicksilver could be. Now, I know you've got a syndicated show. You're based here in Washington, D.C. or Baltimore, Baltimore's own. I saw a video which really touched my heart. And there's so much we, we are going to talk about. But I have to address this. When you got the street named after you in 
Baltimore. You had me in tears. I just want you to please, for those that don't know, because like you said, everybody knows the DJ, you know, the Mm -hmm. schools, but some may not be familiar with your story, your testimonial. Can you share that a little bit with it? Because that that got me right here. Thank you so much. And and if you know me in real life, as I love to say, I'm not even a crier, uh, but I cry when I got my street. Take it back a little further. I'm not sure if you can mention this, and if I'm if I'm stepping over toes, I apologize. Before I got the street name in Baltimore, a few months prior to that, uh, in Washington D.C., because like I said, I'm born and raised in Baltimore, East Baltimore, and Shady Side Road to be exact. Um, but I've been based out of the Washington D.C. area for the last 20 plus years, and a lot of my international success has come out of me being based out of D.C. Um, so D.C. is my second home. So months before I got my street name in Baltimore, which is my hometown, which I'll talk about in one second, um, I got a call from Virginia Ali at Ben's Chili Bowl in Washington, D.C., because they have a thing called the yes. Wall of Fame. And she called me and said, we're going to put you up on the Wall of Fame next to Barack Obama. And I thought they were joking. I thought somebody was trying to like play a joke on me. And she's like, no, I'm really, really serious. And her daughter called me saying, what day are you available to come by? Because I'm going to honor you. So I'm thinking, I'm still up to this point. I'm thinking, like, I'm going to get here. And I'm being punked. It's probably something from my reality TV show. They probably set me up to punk me or something. Um, but when I get there, I mean, it's a whole production. And they have, you know, stages outside. There's so many dignitaries that gave me proclamations. And the mayor had deemed the Quicksilver Day. And Wale comes and he's speaking and all these after. And, and I'm, I'm bugging because... Um, you know, I'm a guy from East Baltimore. You know, you remember this. When I first came to D.C., I, it was rough because I was such a Baltimore guy. I, I talked like you right. too. And I, I, had, I had, a you know, dreadlocks and a, a 4X T-shirt. Um, the love that I get in D.C. now, I didn't get that 25 years ago. Um, so to, to see all that I've done in Washington, D.C., uh, from philanthropy to community service to being uh, the voice of, of you know, any rally or march. I'm always the keynote speaker. And you go down a list of things that I've done in D.C. over the last two decades. For them to honor me at Ben's Chili Bowl was just humbling because, you know, I'm looking at the people on the wall. And, I mean, it's literally Barack Obama. It's it's Donnie Simpson. It's I mean, these are like people that are like to me are living legends. I'm thinking like I'm not even, I'm nowhere near their level while I'm on, on the same wall as them. Uh, but, but when she said you earned it. You know, you, you've been a, a voice of, of D.C. for, for decades now. You, you've you always been there. We need you. So we want to honor you. I thought that right. would be the highlight. So then um, fast forward to Quicksilver Way, uh, the mayor of Baltimore, Brandon Scott, um, I, I had did some big festival in Baltimore and he came on stage and he said, congratulations, man. I saw what they did for you in D.C. Now you deserve it, blah, blah, blah. He said, but I got something that's probably going to top that. So I'm like, ah, oh, Brandon, you talking stuff. All right, whatever, whatever, Mayor Scott. He said, nah, my guy said, just flow with me. So my birthday comes, which is November 4th. And for my birthday, he decided, he, uh, shout out to Mayor Brandon Scott. He decided to deem that from now on for the rest of the whatever, uh, Quicksilver Day. And he honored me by renaming the street that I wow. grew up on, Shady Side Road, Quicksilver Way. That for me, um, how can I explain this? Um, I'm in my studio now, so as you can see, I, I've had I've won more accolades and awards than you can count for DJ uh, or for being a radio personality. Uh, but to be honored for the man and the community activist and the community servant and the philanthropist, that means more to me than any DJ or radio award. Uh, because the difference with Quicksilver Way, and this is how I put the Brandon Scott. This, this is a street that I'm born and raised on. So you mentioned my my backstory. Uh, for people who don't know me. 
Um, I had a really rough years from the age of birth time, I say about 25. Um, every year something bad happened. You know, I lost my mom at the age of 10. Um, I started doing the wrong thing at the age of 11. Um, I got shot at the age of 13, was paralyzed for a year. Um, barely graduated high school. Right when I was graduating, my dad died. Um, uh, literally got my, bought my first home at 21. And then two days later, the station flipped formats and I went flat broke. My mom was homeless. I mean, this is the short story. I mean, I mean, my, my story is um, I always say to whom much is given, much is required. And I feel like God put me through a whole lot just to make sure I was ready for the blessings that were coming my way. Um, so I've been through a lot. And on that street, you know, a lot of the things that I can't even really talk about happened on that street. You know, I was shot on that street. I was stabbed on that street. I've, I've done things on that street that I shouldn't right, have done. Right, you know right, right. I mean, y'all just flow. For, for, for me to come back around there and, and, and a lot of the neighbors who knew one side of me and they and they're so proud of me now was humbling uh because it's like uh one of the ladies who lived there since i lived there when she said they knocked on all the neighbors doors and said they were renaming the street quick silver way she started crying she said because i thought you died she said because most times we get stuff like this when you die like you don't you don't give somebody a street or honor them unless they die or unless you know they're really sick or something bad has to happen, like something tragic has to happen, then you honor them. You said the fact I found that they were honoring you and renaming the street and nothing happened to you, it warmed my heart. And and when she said that, I was like, that's so real. When you think of people who get a street name after them, outside of people who like have like a business and they put their street in front of the business, but you think of Martin Luther King way or Malcolm X way or whoever, like they had to die first before somebody honored them. In that magnitude. And, and when I was playing to my wife, Ashley, she like, you know, you, you've won so much. I said, but this is different because every accolade I've won from East Coast, number one DJ to you name it. Every year, if I don't continue working, somebody else can take it from me. I'm replaced. But when when you're on it with a street name, for life. that's for life. I don't have to keep, I can retire right now and give up everything. And Quick Civil Way is there for my kids and my grandkids and my great, great grandkids, unlike any other accolade award. So that one, like back back to say, that trumped everything uh, because that's something that's for, that's legacy. Absolutely. There's a kid right now that's growing up on Quick Civil Way. His address is 1642 Quick Silver Way. Like, how crazy is that? <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. And like you said, the legacy, I mean, forever and ever, there you are. There you are. Man, that is quite a Thank story. You. That is something. Now, I know you've worked in the community. Tell me about these DJ schools. Quick and Easy DJs is the name of the school. Uh, shout out to my partner, DJ B. Easy, who's a friend of mine for the past 30 years. Um, I've had this idea of opening a DJ school for quite some time. Uh, but when the pandemic happened, a lot of us, you know, it was a sink of, we'll figure it out. So if you, you know, I'm a hustler. Um, I, I don't know how to lose. I don't know how to not always get money. Uh, so when the, when the pandemic happened, uh, we had already talked about doing the DJ school. Um, but our goal was just to open up one and do like, like a class once a month. Um, but we did one and it, I mean, it literally sold out within like two minutes. So I was like, you might want to do this once every other week. That went to, let's figure out a building that's opened up a school. Because right now, the demand for it was unbelievable. And I had no idea that that many people were interested in DJing. Um, so we opened up our first location in Baltimore almost three years ago. Um, and that, and since then, I've I opened up a second location in Washington, D.C., right in Ward 8 on MLK Avenue. Um, and I'll give you the Olivia Fox exclusive. I've actually opened up my third location um, in the next two months in Virginia. Yes. So within the next few months, I'll have a school in Baltimore, uh, one in D.C., and one in Virginia. But it's called Quick and Easy DJs. Um, it's a five-week a five 
three-week course where we actually teach and recertify you as a certified DJ. Um, I have a beginner course for some someone who's never DJ before. But we also have an intermediate course for people who DJ and you want to brush up on your skills. Uh, and what I love most about it, when I first opened the school, when you hear the word school, a lot of people thought kids. Um, it's not that. Well, we've had kids. So the, my youngest student to graduate um, was 11. My oldest student to graduate so far was 68, what? 69. And here's the crazy part. Over the last year and a half, too, 75% of my students Ooh. have been women. Ladies are taking over the industry, fellas. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And you know what? You probably are getting people that maybe had uh, loved, always loved the DJing thing, but for whatever reason, ended up pursuing another career. And now they want to double back and have this mm-hmm. opportunity. So you're providing that for them, not just the young people, but also, you know, people yeah. in their mid 40s, like you said, yeah. why not? I mean, that's something that you can enjoy, yeah. that you can do and have fun with it. And I mean, who never who doesn't need a DJ? Everybody's always having events. You know what I mean? So you make that investment yeah. come. You say it's five mm-hmm. weeks long. Yeah, five weeks long. You can log on to our website, uh, which is quick and easy DJs and easy is spelled E-A-Z-Y. So I'll spell it out for you. Q-U-I-C-K. A-N-D-E-A-Z-Y-D-J-S. So quickandeasydjs.com. And all the information is there about what the course entails, um, pricing, of course, availability of the course. Um, the good thing is about for the beginners, we provide everything. Uh, so when I say everything, you literally just show up. I provide the laptop, the controller, uh, the speakers, the headphones, everything. You just show up and I teach um, and, and, and the cool part about it is that um, I'm still owner and operator. So a lot of people thought that when they heard Quicksilver was opening up a DJ school, I was just using my name and likeness. And somebody, you would get there and there's some Joe Blow. No, I, I'm still the teacher. So I, I actually teach. Now, how do you school. how do you coordinate that with uh, the D.C. and the Maryland and then, of course, soon to be Virginia? How do you go about doing it? Are you actually live or are you digital? I mean, how do you do it? I'm li- so it's, it's an actual right. school. We're live in person. We have a build brick and mortar building. Um, so the the Baltimore class is on Tuesdays every Tuesday. Um, the DC class okay. every Thursday. Um, and then the Virginia class it'll be a separate day. That way I can kind of separate days. And if you live in Baltimore, I'll see you Tuesday. If you live in DC, PTRA, I'll see you Thursday. And if you're in Virginia, um, I haven't figured out the day yet. I'm just trying to figure out my calendar because my calendar is crazy. <laughs> Now the reality show, okay, with you and your lovely oh, wife and your two. Okay, how did that come about? And tell us what's going on um, with that now, because I know the first season was so amazing and so many people uh, tuned in. The second season, y'all just, you know, doing the damn thing. So tell me a little bit about that. Love and Marriage, D.C. So this came about, um, my wife, Ashley, she, she had been casted for different shows in the past. Uh, Real Housewives had wanted her years ago. Um, it just didn't work out. Um, a couple of other shows, I can't remember the names of them, but she had been casted for shows. But me personally, um, I never watched reality TV. So I, I didn't want to, I, I never had a desire. Like we didn't pitch ourselves to be on reality TV or we didn't audition. Uh, that just wasn't my thing. Uh, because from just from the outside looking in for a person that's never watched reality TV, I was like, this ain't nothing but a bunch of drama, mess, filth. Right. That That's not even me. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a positive, uplifting vitamin of the day. DJ. Like, I, I'm not great going on TV and embarrass myself. Uh, so that was always my my fear of doing reality TV. It's just going to be a bunch of mess that I'm not interested in. Um, however, shout out to Carlos King and King of Rain and Oprah's own network. Um, when we got a call about season one during the, uh, the first season, um, you know, we had, we had, we had the, the video Zoom call with Carlos and the own network team. And they really kind of ensured us of 
what it wasn't going to be like. You know, we're not looking for love and hip hop. We're not looking for you know mess. I mean, if you know if something happens in reality TV, unfortunately, we have to follow it. Um, but we're not looking right. for scandal. We're not looking like this is not what this type of. We're actually calling the show Love and Marriage DC with actually married people. Um, and the, the biggest difference with Love and Marriage DC than the other reality TV shows, if you watch like The Real Housewives or anything like that, most of those right. shows are just about the women. The husbands are there, there. You might see them every few weeks for a cameo, but you don't get any of their story of their businesses or their dynamic with the kids. Um, with Love and Marriage DC, it's a lot different. It's really a 50-50 show. I mean, my wife Ashley, you know, not bragging, she's the star of the show, uh, but the show really is about men and women. It's not just about the wives. Um, so with this show, it came about, and, you know, we, we did season one, um, and season one went pretty well, but obviously pretty well. It did so well, they they pick us up for a second season. Uh, so we've been shooting the second season for almost the last six months. So we just finished actually filming uh, this last past weekend. So if, if you've been following Love Emerge in D.C., um, episodes one through ten have already come on. We had the mid-season finale this last pe- uh, weekend. And, you know, like most reality shows, they take a break for a month or two. And then the second half of this season will come back on uh, with episodes 11 through 20. There's 20 episodes. So season one was only 10 episodes. Uh, but because of the success of it and demand, season two is 20 episodes plus the reunion. So almost 22 episodes. So um, it's been interesting. It's been a roller coaster ride. It's a lot. That's a, the, the easy way to answer this, Olivia, reality TV is a lot. What happens if something comes up that you feel like, I don't want this on TV? Do you have the ability to make that choice or they're like, the cameras are rolling, get over it? Cameras are rolling. Um, that's the sucky part um, because with reality TV, what you have to realize is we film for damn near six months. So we film every Tuesday wow. through Saturday, uh, off on Sundays. and well, I'm never off, but we don't film on Sundays and Mondays. So we film Tuesday through Saturday and, you know, after a while, you learn when you're mic'd up. You you learn you learn it. Season one is like you might slip up and say something you don't want to be on TV. But once you're mic'd up, you're mic'd up. I mean, there's no there's no cut. There's no my, my bad. I mean, say it, my bad. Right. Uh, not like radio when you be like, oh, Box Pro, edit that out. I mean, if you say it, they're gonna follow it. If you say it, they're gonna follow it. So um, you know, we we've learned how to navigate um, on reality TV because like I say, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, if, if something's going on in your life or in your marriage or in your business and you bring it up on camera. Have you yeah, ever had a situation follow? where there's something went out there and you were like feeling some kind of way about it? Yes, it definitely has. Um, one, I can't explain right. that because it didn't air yet, but me and my wife had a situation recently where we something was said. I was put it and and it was right. this wasn't for TV. And when 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 them cameras left and the mics was off, it was on. <laughs> <laughs> of all the married people out there, you, you, we had a moment. Man, okay, we, we, we got to sit down. Right, yeah, let's figure this. Out. You good? I'm, you good? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. We gotta figure this shit out, baby. What, what are What's we doing really right going on? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about off the camera? Like, baby? come here. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come well, here. Don't bring that shit up on TV again. <laughs> right. Don't bring that on TV up again, baby. Right. <laughs> so, so, so that that's that's the. I mean, but once again, you know, that's what, and that's the part I think for me is that with reality TV, you're really opening up your your life to public perception. Um, I've been in the public eye for 25 plus years, so I'm used to, you know, 
what people think. And I'm used to the cancel culture and the, I mean, the, the, I call them the internet trolls that want to just troll it. Like I have very thick skin. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get involved in Twitter beefs or anything like that. Um, but unfortunately, you know, for some people on the show, this is, this is new to them. This is new when you when you're getting public opinion all the time, and there's somebody who don't know anything about you, and all they know is I seen Olivia on TV for one minute and thirty seconds, and I think she's the worst person in the world. I'm gonna tweet her all day and tell her how bad she is, and you're looking like right. I, I don't even know you. Like I, you know nothing about me. Like you you saw me for a minute and thirty seconds, and you formed an opinion about me of something like so. You just have to kind of take the good with the bad and ignore it. Um, if you don't have thick skin, reality. Now TV, the cancel culture. Have you experienced that firsthand with um, someone coming for you or coming for your wife with being on reality TV? Because like you said, there's always a lot of conflict and people have different agendas. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people, and I know you know this because when we were talking back years ago, you were talking about how when you came to D.C. from Baltimore, folks was looking sideways at you. So how do you, you know what I mean? So how do you deal with that? Because people be hating on your success. Man, people have been hating on my success, Olivia, for decades now. Once again, I'm used to it. Um, however, what I will say, and back when you asked your question, I remember I came in, it was one episode, and I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but whatever I said, it didn't sit well with people. Like, I, I, I called somebody bad or something. It was something, but whatever it was, oh, they were on my ass. I mean, oh my God, quick, how could you say that? You're the worst person ever. What kind of dad? I mean... They were, I mean, they were going at me a little bit for like three, four days. To the point, I just like, I just like, I'm not even going to go on Twitter today because I don't know if like seeing this foolishness. Um, but that's the, but then this is what I always say reality TV. Right. They love you today. They hate you tomorrow. But then they love you back again tomorrow like nothing ever happened the day before. Uh, you can't take none of this personal. Uh, these people, I never call them fans. I call them supporters. These supporters that we have of these reality TV shows and radio shows or whatever it may be, they believe what they want to believe and they're undefeated. I always say the internet, you can't win. Um, so if you're worried about trying to battle the internet to make the internet believe a narrative, you're not going to win. I mean, it's, it's literally impossible. Um, you have people, like you said, that wake up and their whole mission statement in life is to go to the blogs and find out what I can put in the comment section to piss somebody off so yep. I can go viral today. And if I go yep. viral, I've made it. Oh my God, I live here. Look, I'm, they're, they're talking about me on the blog. Let me keep on saying some more so they can keep talking about me. I'm just not that person. I've, I've had stardom and success. So things that other people get excited about, I don't get excited about. And, and I, I have no desire to do something or say something just to make a moment. And that literally was a vitamin of mine a few days ago. I says that we have to be careful of making these moments and realize that these moments don't last a lifetime. Um, don't make a moment that can tarnish something that will hurt you for the rest of your life. And a lot of us, because of social media, we want to go right. viral. We want to trend. Whatever. So we'll do whatever it is and say whatever it is. As long as I can get that clickbait. And right now I go to that podcast and clickbait, like I'll say or do whatever. I'm just not that person um, because I believe that uh, character is something that's more important than any like or follower. Uh, my character, if you know me in real life, you know who I am. You know what I stand for. Um, so I would never let reality TV show anything or anybody. And you need that. that. You need that. But that comes with a foundation of self. When you are mm -hmm. familiar with self and yeah. you know who you are, you don't have to impress anybody. You're not impressed by things because you know self. You've, you've got a sense of yourself, which is a beautiful thing. And to me, it brings peace. It brings a lot of peace and calm yeah. to you because to actually be out 
out there in it, trying to be seen, trying to do something that's going to give you validation. It takes a lot of energy. And like you said, I can't have time for that. It's a Scorpio thing. It might be a Scorpio thing. We just have all that back and forth, you know, whatever. I'm doing what I got to do because I know who I am and I'm going to take care of mine. Speaking of yours, your beautiful wife, and I saw this on the interview and I wanted to talk about it, even though it's your wife, but y'all a team. But I heard about this book that she wrote because it, and it struck me because it was about depression and dealing with that. And you would really think with a power couple like yourselves, with everything you guys got going on, you know, like some people that don't know what you got to be depressed about. So tell me a little bit about your wife's book, please. Absolutely. Uh, my wife Ashley, the name of the book is called Do That. Uh, so when a lot of people first heard it, like, oh my gosh, she's cursing on the cover. What is she talking about? Um, but if, once you read the book, it really talks about um, depression doesn't discriminate. Depression is literally a disease. It's like cancer or anything else. Like it's not something that you can say because I have money, I shouldn't be depressed because uh, whatever, I live in a big house and drive a fancy car, I shouldn't be depressed. I mean, it doesn't discriminate. A lot of times, some of the people that you think are the happiest are the ones who are the most depressed. Um, So my wife has suffered from depression and anxiety uh, for years. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when, when she first got diagnosed with depression, she's all actually been diagnosed with depression. So a lot of people say they're depressed, but I, right. they haven't actually been to a doctor or a psychiatrist or a psychologist to actually get diagnosed. She's been diagnosed with uh, severe depression and anxiety. Um, and she, she's been dealing with it. And that's the thing is, you know, you have your good days and your bad days. And like you say, a lot of people, friends and family, um, when, when she first, you know, started telling people the same thing you said, Ashley, girl, you, what? Right. You married the Quicksilver, girl. Y'all are rich. Y'all, y'all rich and live in that big old mansion and all those purses and shoes, girl, what you talk, but not realizing that has nothing to do with why I'm depressed. Um, you know, for Ashley, um, she, she's dealt with a lot and, and I don't want to spoil the book because I want people to actually pick up the book. Uh, but she really tells her backstory of you're just dealing with, you know, we, we started a foundation called Silver Lining Foundation uh, for kids who lost parents uh, because I lost my mom at 10 to cancer and lost my dad at 18 um, to a kidney failure. Um, but what Ashley always says is that losing the parent doesn't mean this in the physical form. You know, her dad was never in her life, so right. she lost to that. You know, you know, she talks about things like that. You know, with, with losing a dad or losing a parent who's you know incarcerated for life in prison, whatever the case may be, or right. if your mom or dad is strung out, um, that might feel like losing a parent. Uh, so she she went through a lot as a child. Um, that, that a lot of that childhood trauma just kind of carried over into her her adulthood. Um, and then you know what people don't realize. You're successful. You know, being married to someone successful is not easy. Being married to Quicksilver is not easy. You know, you know, you know my story. I worked 23 hour days for the last 30 years. So sometimes, you know, you feel like the the married single person. I live in this big house, but I'm just me. You know, when it's when it's date night and all my friends are doing date night on Friday nights because that's date night. Quicksilver hasn't had a Friday night off in 25 years. I don't get date night. So you know, little things like that where people don't see. When you're married to a quote unquote celebrity or whatever public figure, um, so but but that's just a small piece of her of her depression. Uh, but she she's been very vocal about it. She does she hosts panels now. Um, she has a book tour coming out right now for her do that shit book, which is available um, whenever you can buy it with Amazon Prime, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, anywhere. Uh, but it's it's a really deep book. Um, even when I read the book, this has been my wife. We've been married almost 14 years together, almost 20. Um, when I read the book, mm. there was things in there that I didn't know. Um, because never just publicly spoke about some of the things she's been through as a child. Um, and after reading the book, I had to like go hug her, like, damn, baby, like I'm your husband. And 
I didn't even know half this stuff you've been through. So it's a really, really, really good self-help book. And what I love about it, I'm at the East chapter. She has like a reflection thing where she asks you to reflect like, you know, what are you sad about today? And what are you going to do tomorrow to like fix that problem? Um, so it's a really good, a really, really good book. I and mean, I really encourage anybody, uh, whether you're dealing with depression or not, it's just an inspirational book that can really inspire you. I commend her for having, you know, the courage to put that together and tell because, you know, you feel vulnerable and you don't know who's going to open the book and read it, but she's going to help all kinds of people. And that's just a beautiful thing. Please tell her that I said thank you for that because there are people out here suffering. When I think about depression and I think about shock, I think about DJ, the DJ from Ellen. Uh, when he, when I tell you quick, when I read that, when it came out over the wire, when I saw it online that he had committed suicide, it was shocking. I was sad. But the thing that really angered me, again, people people speculating and saying, what, well, why is that? And questioning. And to me, it wasn't the time or the place. We have lost uh, uh, an incredible king, a man who has done so much. And for people to just kind of, you know, question it, I just thought, you know, this is a moment. This is a moment to learn from this tragedy. How did that impact you? That's so real. And because, and, my, and, and once again, I'm not sure if you read the book and I really encourage you. My wife um, has mm. tried to commit suicide uh, more than once. She talked about this in the book. Um, by the grace of God, I'm thankful that um, she, she wasn't successful at it. Um, but, the, you know, the last time, once you read the book, I mean, it really was a scare. And and, and, the, and the crazy part uh, is that I always say when your depression doesn't mm -hmm. just affect you, it affects yeah. people around you as well. So if you're depressed, it affects your spouse. It affects your relationship. Um, and for me, uh, for years, I didn't understand depression, uh, meaning that, um, and once again, I'm not saying anything to you that that's not public information. Um, depression almost ended our marriage uh, because I didn't understand it. Um, you know, for years, I, I just felt like there's nothing I can do as a husband to make you happy. And for me, I failed because I, I'm an I'm a old school man. I don't know how these new guys are, but when I say old school, I, men are supposed to protect, provide, make sure that your wife and family are good no matter what. Like That's the goal of a man. Um, so when it got to a point when I realized I'm protecting and providing, but she's still unhappy. And, and, you know, as a man, especially a man, you know, who has a little money, you think maybe if I take on some more trips or maybe if I buy a new, a new ring or new white Rolex, she'll be happy today. And then, you, then you go do that. And then she's still sad and crying. Right. I'm like, babe, what the? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Like, so it got to a point where we, we would get to arguing all the time because I I didn't understand why she was so sad. I, I didn't understand it. I um, mean, it wasn't until she really got diagnosed, and you know, the doctor like, you know, it's it's, it's not you. Like, there's a oh, an, an imbalance off on her. Like that, she has to you know take medication and work through certain things. Um, and once, and you know, I felt really bad after the fact because I'm like, I almost gave up because I felt like um, I did all I can and it was nothing I can do to I don't want right. to say heal or fix her but make her happy um, and at that moment when I felt like that I was going to be unhappily married forever like right. saying, we're, we, maybe, maybe it's us maybe it's and, and that's what I thought uh, this was years ago of course uh, but you know I'm, I'm glad we've worked through those moments um, because like I say depression right. it's not easy on either side because in those days where you're going through something or something triggers you, um, your, your 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 spouse or your your best friend or whoever it is, um, right. they have to understand it's not them. It's something that you're going through within yourself. And, and yeah, because it can't be it can't be fixed by things. You have that part of it, and then you have people trying to self medicate it away. 
You know what I mean? Which I think is a, 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 a cause for a lot of people to be addicted to different things. Um, so I'm just so glad that we got had an opportunity yeah. to talk about that because it's just, it, it doesn't discriminate. It's everywhere. And especially in our industry, you know, because we're under so much stress and dealing with things as they come and taking on so many responsibilities, like you were saying. Now, did I hear a rumor that you have a documentary coming out? Is that true? Tell me a little bit about it. That is very true. Who is Quicksilver? Uh, Netflix is already uh, signed to pick it up, and I have a few other platforms um, that I'm uh, I'm still shopping because I haven't signed my deal or anything yet. Um, but it's called Who is Quicksilver, and Who is Quicksilver is really a documentary about about Rico Silver, not DJ Quicksilver, the the, the man before I became Quicksilver. Um, so it's really my backstory about what I've been through in my life from birth to becoming successful and the trials and tribulations I've been through in my life. This is something that you've never seen on reality TV or on, on my Instagram or I've never talked about on radio. So a lot of things that I'm going to talk about, uh, well, I've already filmed most of it, um, but a lot of things that you're going to see on this documentary, I mean, even as a person like you, I've known you, Olivia Fox, I don't know, probably 20 years now. You're going to watch it like, damn, I, I ain't even know Right, you tell me right. you were going through that shit when I saw you that day. I've been through. I mean, I've been through so much in my life. I mean, good, bad, ugly, you name it. If it's bad, I've been through it in my life probably ten times. Um, but I think that's what makes me me is I never give up. I mean, it's been times in my life where um, I'm sure you've seen. Me. I remember, you know, at one point when we were doing the the the, the radio show with me and Angels on nights, um, we would see you every day. You would come on right uh, right after us. And it's been times where I saw you, we probably hugged and smiled, and I went right in the car and lit a cigar because I was so depressed about something. Like it just, it's been so many things in my life, or, or this business deal went through, and I thought this was going to change my life, and I put, put all my money into it to find out that I I got scammed. You name it, I've been through it. Um, so you know, this is my docuseries. I'm hoping it really inspires somebody to not give up. If somebody was asked me, what's your purpose for making this documentary is to inspire your person who's going through something right now, not to give up. Because in life, most of us, we see the beginning and the end, not the middle. So we see the beginning is when Olivia Fox comes up with a podcast. That, that's the, This is the beginning, right? The end is now this is the number one podcast in the world. In the middle, they don't see where... This didn't work, and then you tried this, and you, the, those you thought will support you didn't, and then you put money into that, and then that didn't work, and then you got sued by this person because that happened. No one sees that part, right? So that's normally when you quit. Yeah. You normally quit in that middle phase. Uh, so my docu-series is for anybody who's in that middle phase not to give up. You're going to see who I was, and you know who I am now. But now you're going to see in those years where I should have gave up. Uh, I remember when I was talking to my editor, shout out to Abini. Uh, she's based out of L.A. And she was watching that. She's editing it in the back. And she said, right. How you ain't strung out drugs or something like you don't do coke or something like like your life been messed up. I said, yeah. She said, Jesus Christ. She said, I'm, I'm editing and I almost want to light something like that. I got to let right. this, this This is rough. But but I say I'm hoping somebody watches it and you know they be like damn if he if he if he could do it I know I can because my life wasn't even nowhere, nowhere near as bad as his um, so that's the goal of my docuseries um, I was going to put it out top of the year the reason why I'm waiting now um, is because the reality TV show is on so you know just if you know me I'm a marketing guy I said let me use this reality right. TV show to get new supporters of people who, who don't know me and then right after you know I right right when I'm 
if you know when I have a moment where there's nothing, then I'll drop a documentary. That way, the momentum is there. You'll definitely get it within this year. That I can't tell you exact date. I'll, I'll send you a direct message when I lock in a date. Uh, but I'm, and that's something to we'll definitely look forward to. I can't wait. Um, you know, quick, I I tell you. Um, your story is just amazing to me. And there are so many people that are at that fork in the road where they can go one way and end up one way and you have the other. That dash, like you were talking about the beginning and the end, but nobody talks about the dash. Somebody right now is watching this podcast and they don't know what to do. They in that dash and they don't know. What do you say? What does Quicksilver say? Don't give up. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, if, if you knew for a fact, whatever it is you want to become in life, there's somebody who's rooting for you that you don't know. I think the first thing that I've learned and one of the biggest things that I've learned in this business, um, and this is a quote that I, 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 I should put on a t-shirt, I always say, those who you think will, won't, and those mm. who you think won't, will. Meaning that a lot of times when you start a business, those who you think will support you, they won't which are your friends, your family, your direct, whoever, because unfortunately, and I've learned this from being a businessman, your friends and family are not your target audience. A lot of times we put out something and we just want our friends and family support it, not knowing they're not our target audience. Your target audience is somebody that you don't know. That's why those who you think won't will. Um, so a lot of times in business, we get frustrated too fast. And this is not just business, this is life as well. Uh, we get frustrated because we come up with something and we don't get the yes. immediate support. We live in a microwave generation now. I mean, mm -hmm. from a generation where we have to actually work right. for years to even get an inkling of anything. Where now everybody, you know, you, I live in a TikTok era. Why, why, if I go viral, I might make 100000 tomorrow. Um, so now, you know, a, a lot of people's mindsets think that they always want the easy way out. And I always say if it's easy to get, it's even easier to lose. Um, so if, if there's somebody right now that's in that middle phase, um, I'm just here to be a walking testimony that it's possible. Um, I'm not better than anybody. Uh, I'm not a better, uh, in my mind, I'm the best version of me, meaning nobody can out Quicksilver me. When it comes to me being me from performing on radio or TV, I'm the best me. I'm not better than Livy. I'm not better than whoever, but nobody can outdo me. So, but I say all that to say is that when you become the best version of yourself, eventually people pay you just to be you. Um, I'm in a space in my life now where I'm making a ton of money just to be me. Um, so for that person that's in that middle dash phase that we're talking about, um, it's going to happen. Um, but we have to stop giving ourselves unrealistic time frames or basing our success on someone else's success. And that's when a lot of the frustration comes in because me and you might have an idea. I'm just using a podcast, for example, to start a podcast. And we both start on January 1st. Now it's now March 1st and Olivia has 100,000 subscribers and I only have 10. In my mind, this is not for me. I'm going to give up because Olivia surpassed. No, it might take you 10 plus years to get to that mark. But if you're, if you're equating your success to Olivia's success, everybody's life is already tailor-made for them. If you, if you really study Albert Einstein, um, and, and you know, I, I get my vitamin of the day every day on the radio, but this is not mine. This is from Albert Einstein. Um, one thing that he said was that a lot of people have called him the smartest man in the world. I'm sure we've all heard that. If you Google the smartest man in the world, it, 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 it might come up Albert Einstein. And what he said was, it's not that I'm smarter than other people. I just mm. stick with problems longer. It's not that I'm smarter. I just stick with problems longer. I.e., what does that mean, Quick and Olivia? It means that if, if me and you have a problem right now and I say, Olivia, I need you to solve this math problem, right? And 
you sit here for one hour and you can't figure it out, you probably get frustrated and give up because it's a proven fact that most frustrated people quit. Then I try and I stick with Olivia for a year and I still can't get it. At this point, I'm like, you know what? This is not fixable. I, I quit. I give up. Albert Einstein might stay with that same problem for 30 years and then he figures it out. And now it looks like he's smarter than me and you. It's not that he's smarter. He just stuck with the problem longer. Most of us, yeah. we we give up too fast. I think that's another thing back to the dash. We give up at the first sign of trouble. At the first sign of something's not working. At the first sign we're not getting support. At the first sign that uh, you, you have a heartache in your relationship or right. whatever it is, we, we, we throw in the towel. With the successful people, if you ask anybody who's highly successful, they'll tell you the difference with them. Jay-Z, one of my mentors, he said the genius mm. thing we did was we didn't quit. And they say, how? How these guys from Marcy Projects who were nothing of billionaires? He said, we just didn't quit. Right. And it sounds so cliche. It sounds like very cliche. But I'm telling you, Olivia, if you don't quit, you will have the biggest podcast in the world. It might take you 30 years. It might take you one year. I don't know. That's not that's that's your life that's tailor made for you. However, with most of us, the the ungenious thing we do is, is we quit. We give ourselves a time. We say, you know what, I'm gonna do this for a year. If it don't work, I'm done. All right, well, good luck. I, I hope you get the, hope you hit the lottery or something. Because that's just not how that's not how life works. That's not how business works. So if anybody out there that's stuck in that middle phase, um, don't compare your time frame to anybody else's time frame. What works for Quicksilver might not work for you and vice versa. And most importantly, don't give up. Now, when I say don't give up, there's a difference between calling an audible and quitting, meaning that a lot of times um, if uh, if I start a business and it's not working and I see I'm digging myself in a hole, it's okay to pause, call yes. an audible and refocus the direction, not the end goal. My goal is if I'm playing football, my goal is still to score a touchdown. I love using sports analogies when I do like public speaking. My goal is always to score a touchdown. If I realize I'm running the same play, Olivia, and every single time I'm getting sacked, right. maybe I got to call a timeout. Hey, coach, we got to run a different play. Now, we still want the same touchdown at the same place, which is still 100 yards that way. Right. But what we're doing, Olivia, is not working. So it's okay to call a pause and Run a different play. Love change it. Your I love it. Not Where can people get in touch with you? If somebody wants to hire you, somebody's balling, somebody's listening right now, like, I got to have him. He's the best. Mm-hmm. How do people get in contact with Quicksilver? Um, to get in contact directly with me, I, I'm on. All, I'm easy to find. I'm on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. I'm at DJ Quicksilver. Um, I have my booking info on, on all of my social media, so I don't, I don't handle my bookings anymore, so you can't book me direct. Um, but um, you can hit my booking info, and I do everything, you know, not just DJing, which is crazy to me. You know, I started off as a DJ. Um, from there, uh, I went to being a radio personality. From there, um, somehow, some way, Olivia, I still haven't figured this out. I became this inspirational speaker. Um, and I started my vitamin of the day, paid about 17, 18 years ago on the radio. Um, but my vitamins have gotten so big um, that now I'm hired to come to schools, to colleges. Um, I, I'm doing a thing. I just did a thing the other day for the D.C. government uh, where they bring me in right. when, when staff needs a morale booster. Um, this is crazy to me because, once again, as you mentioned, I'm a guy from East Baltimore on Shadyside Road um, that was supposed to be dead or in jail by the age of 18. And now, not only are people booking me to DJ festivals all over the country, um, I'm getting booked now just to speak. 
which is crazy to me because I'm you never know. This is you never know what can happen in life. You think you got it pegged out. You know where you're going. And then God will open the door and look at you shining in a whole different lane. I'm so proud of Amen. yourself. Really keep up the great work. I, 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 I honor you. I say thank you so much for not only just doing what you do, but also inspiring young people. They need it, man. They need it out here. These young people need brothers like you out here, letting them know that it's possible. It's possible. And one thing I want to commend you for, and I've never got a chance to, because I know um, we've known each other for years, but I never got it. We don't talk every day. Um, but I remember years ago, and I don't know if you remember this. I remember years ago um, when I was doing nights and and, and um, me and Andrew were doing nights when we visited a local show before I got syndicated deal. And I, I, I was talking to you about something. And at that moment, I was still just kind of looked at as a company, as a DJ, you know, I was an okay personality. I wasn't the best. I'm honest with myself. I, I was always a better DJ than I was on that personality. And I remember one day, I can't remember what it was, but whatever the case may be, I remember you said to me years ago, this had to be 2007, and you was like, you will be a star uh, because you have the charisma. Just stay humble. It had to be 2007. And... And, and whatever you, I want to say, whatever you saw in me, I didn't see it then, but I see it now. Um, so I want to say thank you for seeing whatever you saw, uh, because obviously you were a vessel of information um, at, at, at that age of what you didn't know when at 2007, when I was on radio, um, yeah. I still was one foot in, one foot out, if you know what I mean. Uh, I still was, you know, I wasn't all the way in with this DJ thing. And it, it took people like you to say, you know, maybe that was your way of saying, <laughs> look, nigga, stop on that other stuff and focus on this. It's you. This, this, can, this can change your life. Right. This is you. I didn't see it then, but I want to say thank you for uh, saying whatever you saw in me, because whatever you saw in me, God saw. That's a well. beautiful thing. Full circle. I'm so happy for you, man. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep shining. Stay positive. I know I don't even have to tell you to be humble because that's what you are. But the shine is coming through, man. It's just from the inside out. And I can see it just as clear as back then. I could see it. I'm so proud of you. So continue to do what you do. Please tell your wife to thank you for writing that book. That's from a personal, personal right here. Tell her I said thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, I just wish you continued success. And let me know when it comes out. Let me know. You know I will. I'm, I'm gonna do a whole. You know I'm gonna do a whole red carpet premiere for it. So you build a VIP. You build a VIP VIP. I'm gonna let you go because I know you got a million things to do. You got a lot going on, but continue success. You guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Olivia Fox podcast. You know what I tell you, tell a friend to tell a friend. We are up in here and we'd love to hear from you. Subscribe, like, and just keep doing what you're doing, baby. We'll talk again soon. Have a good one. The Olivia Fox podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.